all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Matt and Justin. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. We're here to talk about the Warriors game last night, the loss to the Phoenix Suns that has left the entire fan base in a meltdown of epic proportions that I am in disagreement with and that they are like fighting with me on since last night, like relentlessly. And if y'all know me, my opinion isn't gonna change. I mean, it can be changed with reason, but I don't think anyone is being reasonable. So therefore you're not gonna change my opinion. So please stop. And also please stop thinking you can tell me what to do with my tweets. Why don't you just not reply? I ignore most of y'all shit. You should ignore me. But if you don't ignore me, don't be shocked when I reply. Okay. Now we're gonna try to have vibes today because that's what we do on this podcast. But y'all are making it very, very, very hard right now. Okay. Anyways, Justin, good morning. How are you? <laughs> um, it's mad early where I am. I'm still in the Bay. It's eight o'clock or a little after eight now. Um, not as early for you, but what's up? Um, I actually didn't see any of your tweets last night. I don't know if you were tweeting. So I don't know like how you felt about the game, the loss. Are you out on the team? Is it all over for you? Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me what you saw and what you're thinking. And then I'd like to actually address some of the stuff that I saw from fans last night because I actually thought the players responded and answered some of the questions, which I tweeted, but you know, people are gonna believe what they want to believe anyway. So I would like to know what you thought after watching that game. Yeah. Um at a certain point, like, like right before JP started to like, I guess, start hit shots and bring it in, like I just turned the game off. I'm not going to lie. I had an early morning, so I had to get up about 5 a.m. And at that point, it was about midnight for me. So um, I figured the game was over, which it was. There was a little fake comeback I see that <laughs> occurred afterwards. But they they dug themselves into too big of a hole. Um, I'm definitely not out on the team. Like, that's a bit extreme i think we're at the midpoint we're officially at the midpoint of the season and you know there's plenty of opportunity for them to go on a run and end up somewhere around 50 wins at the end of the season and if you end up around 50 wins or high 40s then um and you get to the playoffs relatively healthy you like your matchups going into the playoffs then there's no reason to panic you know it's just at this point in the season, I think everyone should acknowledge that something has to change, whether it be internally, externally, or both. Something has to change. I do think going into this game, it was it was definitely one of those like trap games. I hate using that term, but it was definitely a trap game where Phoenix is playing with nothing to lose. They just go out there, play as hard as they absolutely can, try to hit as many shots as they can, and they're playing with house money, right? So Golden State comes into the game. Steph is his first game back, so trying to get a rhythm. Um, Wiggins is his second game back, so he's also trying to get a rhythm. Draymond and Looney just don't have legs right now, and Clay had missed his previous game, so he's in a certain in in a certain capacity coming off of not an injury, but something that took him out of the last game. So the starting unit didn't start the game as well as we had hoped. It just looked like they didn't have any legs under him. And for various reasons, that was the case. Um, and yeah, I mean, bottom line, it just looks like this team needs to shake it up a little bit as far as just in adding in something different. Um, in addition to guys just getting legs up under him going forward. I'm so glad that you say that because um, what, you said a lot of things. So let me say what I'm glad about. Um, when you said about Dre and Looney, because Kerr in his pregame um, made it a point, well, he was asked the question, but he made it a point to say that he's concerned about Dre and Loon because like Jamichael's been out, um, even Wiseman's been out and just like basically their lack of depth at that position. And so they've been playing a lot and he's just concerned about them in terms of their bodies and how they're feeling and that kind of a thing. Right. 
Hmm. And I say that because it's actually one rare to hear Steve Kerr say things like that. But two, I think it's important because it, it, it still goes to what we were saying in the last episode. Like guys are tired and you don't feel that because you just get like two nights off and, 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 and they should be fine again. And I think the reason I point out the stuff about Dre and Loon, because while yes, sometimes they can like help us with scoring, they're our defensive anchors. They're the team's defensive anchors. And in a game last night where they started out slow offensively and their shots weren't falling, and we'll get to that in a second, they needed to play like great defense to get back into that game. And they they didn't have it. They didn't have it or they, they just, they were not going to dig deep, you know, mm-hmm. to do it. And I, and I tweeted something like this. I was just like, I don't, I really feel like people are overcomplicating this game. Like, the Warriors shots weren't falling earlier. They got into a deficit and they're just not at a place where they're going to dig deep <laughs> to like, you know, try to like do this to get back in the games. Now they did try like, like it started in the third because Jordan starts to hit some shots, you know, and then like they, they really, you know, cause I think people think I like, I'm missing the fact that yes, there was a difference in their, intensity level but what i'm disputing and this is a very subtle distinction is this notion that they didn't care they came to the game they didn't care and like all the this is embarrassing and and just all of this they deserve all the slander like that shit sounds so stupid to me like i cannot explain how ridiculous it sounds to me when people say that like i'm watching steph in practice and he's missing some shots clearly because of rust and he's visibly frustrated with himself. These are these are not the signs of people that don't care about a game. Steve Kerr before the game said, um, yeah, we've lost the last two. Like, this is an important game. We need to win, right? Like, Clay, like, said something, too, about, like, you know, let's start another win streak. That's two in a row. Like, they've all talked about it. No one – I've gotten no indication from any player – that they don't care, you know? So like, I don't know why the moment they are losing, I'm not saying that they don't need to do things better on the court. I'm saying, why does the initial thought become four-time champions don't care about winning? You know, it's like, can there be any other explanation? And can we reasonably talk about that without it being like, they don't care, they're embarrassing, they, you know, it, it just, it's so fucking exhausting. And honestly, it's like, I don't know. It's just a really silly way to me to, to look at things. So that's what I was just like, no, they absolutely care. Um, I'm like, do you guys realize they're working back in three rotation players? Andre Iguodala tweeted, he was nervous before his first game back, a champion, four-time champion, a key guy. A finals MVP. And he was nervous before returning. Like, I, I don't understand, like, why people think the Warriors are exempt. I get it. Steph is back. It's Andrew's second game. But they were working back three rotation players into the lineup. Mm-hmm. That's going to have an impact on the team. It, it, it's, it's, it's not going to flow perfectly. And I don't understand, like, why that's completely disregarded because it's just the Suns. And the last thing I'll say is I understand that the Suns were missing everybody. I get that. They also lost eight games, six games in a row, whatever it was. They lost a mad games in a row, like several. And so on the last episode, I had said, even if the Warriors went lose the next game, and yes, that was before I knew Steph was coming back, but I knew we'd have Wiggins again. And I said that on here. I said, even if the Warriors lose the next game, I'm not going to care. I knew it was a possibility because one, I knew how desperate the Suns would be. I almost wanted them to win a game before they got to us, right? Um, I knew how desperate they would be. And it's not that I didn't think the Warriors wouldn't care about being down two games, but the Suns are the more desperate team. They are the more desperate team. Whatever people want to say, they're the more desperate team. But I also knew like, Andrew's trying to get back. People are like, you know, now they got to like refigure out things. Like, I just knew that it wouldn't necessarily be a perfect process. So yes, it's great to finally have our guys back, but now they got to readjust and reintegrate and get back used to playing with each other. 
Yeah. And that's that's going to take some time. Kaminga, I'm sorry. And still down Kaminga, who actually would have been really helpful in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, overall, I guess the issue that I had with the game in the performance last night was it's just like they, they just didn't seem. And I think for the majority of this season, it's, it's been kind of like this is the case where they're a little bit too reliant on shot making to do the other things that they need to do right. to win games. And that's the most annoying thing. Um, I think ultimately they correct that when it's time, when they, you know, if, I mean, when they get to the playoffs and it's like, all right, we need to win this, whatever the case may be. But it's just like, you want to build those habits throughout the season. You want to establish a baseline of whether we're hitting shots or not, we're still going to um, crash the glass and not give up 20 plus offensive rebounds. And I think that was more so a product of legs, but um, we're going to play defense. We're not just going to foul and just let guys go by us and stuff like that. Just the little things that have been constant for the Warriors every time they've gone to the finals, every time they've won a championship, they set a baseline. It's like, well, Steph might go one for 11 from three, one game, but he's always going to play hard on defense. He's always going to um, mix it up as far as rebounding and, you know, do the little things to, to help his team win. Um, and we've been fighting battles for Steph on Twitter this whole time where people would try to bring up his shooting numbers at certain games. And we're like, we act, he actually didn't play that bad because he did all the other things. But as a team collectively, they just haven't taken on that identity as much as we would like this season. And I think last night um, was kind of like uh, another display of that, um, whether that was because they didn't have legs, you know, getting back in the rhythm um, or they just didn't take the Suns as seriously, whatever the case may be. That's what it was for the first three and a half quarters of the game. But the thing is, I think the reason why matters, and I understand that it's hard for people, but like it is disingenuous to be like, it's been like this all season. It hasn't been like this all season, right? And like you, you do have to break up the different points of the season. There are different factors that exist now than existed in the middle. Well, we're at the midpoint, but like if you look at this up to this 41 games and break it down, to me, there's been three different parts of the season. There was up to the road loss, the, the, the first road trip where mm -hmm. they went zero and five, right? So that's one part of the season. And they were like trying to develop guys, pushing the Wiseman issue. They were doing that. That ended. They changed up the rotation. And I tweeted this from November 7th until December 4th, almost a month after that road trip, which was the last game. Um, No, no, no. December 4th is when they went on another road trip. And it was right before they went on another road trip, that last game before they went on a road trip, that's when they lost Andrew Wiggins. That was the last full game he played. Then they went on the road trip to Indiana and they lost Steph in that Indiana game, right? During that period of time though, before they lost Andrew and Steph, they were 10 and four. They went mm -hmm. 10 and four and they had a top 10 offense and defense. Yeah. Right? And also, like, also in some of those losses, whether people want to remember or not, they sat players. They sat players. They didn't have play on back-to-backs, right? So all of those things happened. So now they're without those guys. They lose some games on the road. They come back home. They stabilize. They win some games. They did what they needed to to win games, right? So when people are like, well, they got into a rhythm. I said, how can they get into a rhythm when they're best two players are arguably out like, no, like those guys got into a rhythm. They figured out how to win missing pieces, but now they have to do that with everybody coming back in to the lineup. And I, I think that matters. So I get it that we're all frustrated. And by the way, Justin, you know me, you know, I don't like losing, you know that. Right. But like, we're all frustrated by them losing, but it's like, it's not a switch. It's, it's not just going to be like, okay, now they're going to come back and it's all going to be perfect. It's just not going to look like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think overall, the you navigate these type of situations by establishing that baseline, though. And I think they just haven't done it consistently enough. Like during that stretch where they won um, 10 out of 14 games, and I think they, they just sat guys for two of those losses or whatever the case may be, um, they were doing a lot of those things. And then it gets to a point where, okay, Draymond and Looney are carrying a lot of that. and when they don't have it because they're tired, dealing with injuries that they have to play through, whatever the case may be, 
then it, it really gets tough because all of our other guys, other than maybe Steph, who hasn't been there for however many games, they are incredibly reliant on being emotionally invested into the process um, every day. And they, they're emotionally invested into the process um, based on like whether or not they're making shots. And that's just pretty annoying to me. Like we, we watched the game last night from what I saw, Jordan was like pretty much disengaged until he started making shots. Once he started making shots, then it's like, all right, we're, we're getting back into the game before then guys getting blown by giving up offensive rebounds, um, just poor effort on defense. Like if a guy go by you, I'm just follow him instead. That type of stuff is just like, that can't happen. Um, and then for a lot of the season, you know, Clay, before he started hitting shots more consistently, everyone, we were just like, like, what's, what's up with Clay? He's not defending. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. He's not passing the ball. So I think they got to get out of that, that thought process is like, if I'm not hitting my threes, then I don't want to do anything else. And that's just, that, that can't happen. And for the, uh, the second half of that, it's like, they can't be so reliant on three point shooting as a team. They have to generate more rim touches, more more rim looks. They have to generate more shots inside of the three-point arc that are higher percentage shots because you are a victim of shot variance if you fall into that trap. Um, I think they ultimately will do that once you know Steph gets his legs under him, Wiggins gets his legs under him. Um, Jordan just has to accept, like, and I think he has for the most part this season. Like he's he's taken a, a lower percentage of threes this season than he has at any other point in his career. Like more shots are coming inside of the arc for him than threes than at any other point in his career. So he's kind of accepting that he's more of a, not a slasher, but like a driver rather than a shooter at this point. Um, he's a good shooter, but he's more of a, he, he mixes it up inside the paint more so than um, from the three. And I think Clay has accepted like his, his cutting and all that type of stuff where he can do with his size, just catching the ball and land it up off a cut. Um, so I think ultimately those two plus Wiggins and Steph are going to start generating more rim looks and just get more high percentage shots um, because they need it. Looney and Draymond aren't really the best finishers as is. And then when you add tired legs on top of that, they can't make anything. So um, Kaminga's definitely missed, but they just got to get more rim, rim touches and they got to stop relying on threes and they got to stop relying on shot making to determine how hard they're going to play in other aspects of the game. Yeah, when they when they needed to kind of start playing some defense, I thought it was interesting that not interesting, I guess it wasn't shocking at all that Andre was on the court and he was making a difference. Um, I wish he hadn't gotten himself thrown out, but whatever. Um, they were really frustrated by calls last night, constant theme of the season. Um, yeah. But um, I don't blame him was, for that either. Huh? I don't blame him. No, I don't <laughs> either. Weird. But weird. when yeah. you when you I don't blame them for that either, but when you come out the way that you did, mm -hmm. then it almost seems like you're just whining because you're not getting calls, right? So the appearance yep. doesn't look good, even if some of the 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 frustration is valid, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Because they, they got it to within six, two times within the last few minutes. But, and then also, but that's what happens also when you take so long to kind of like switch that gear because, um, you know, a lot of it was like, but but this is like when you're missing size and the legs matter, because a lot of it was like, they just couldn't get rebounds. And so like the Suns would take a shot, they wouldn't get the rebound. And then on the second attempt, the Suns would make the basket. So, mm -hmm. and then a lot of times, even if they did get a defensive stop, they would come back on the other end and they couldn't, they couldn't yeah. score. And, and, and a lot of times, a lot of times, right, at that point when you're down so big, you do have to make some threes. But some of it, too, is like, I mean, you saw, like, Clay missed a free throw last night. Steph missed a free throw last night. Steph missed, like, a floater right at the rim. We know he has to get back into rhythm. So that's what I'm saying. Like, not everything was just they didn't have the requisite effort. Like, that's not it. Um, but let's break here um, because I want to get into some of the players and, like, some of the, the post-game commentary. I thought a lot of it was, like, really interesting um, and that a lot was said if people like kind of lose the anger and we're like listening and paying attention. So let's break here and then we can uh, come back to that. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. You're tuning in with Justin and Nat. We'll be right back.
for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? We're back. It's Justin and Matt, and we are Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. So that was a great conversation, I thought, in the first segment, Justin. Yeah, I think so too. Had to had to you know put some things out there to some to some people on Twitter. You had to let them know a little bit. I mean, that's not what it's about. Like for me, it's just I don't know. I I just get really annoyed by like you know, it's so easy to just ignore people. Like people tweet shit and I just ignore it. Or do the normal shit. I send it to people and be like, what is this person talking about? That's it. Do what normal people do. No. Y'all want to get all up in my mentions and then be surprised when I reply. Like, yes, I'm going to reply. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, and I I just want to say also as background, because I think some people think that like I'm just being like doing it to be difficult or I just want to defend the team um, which is the furthest thing from the truth because you've heard me call out the team on this show before. So, and members of the team. So, um, outside of Anthony Lamb, I have like went in on people on the team. So it's, <laughs> it's not just that, but I am a lawyer by training and lawyers are just trained the way we're trained to think is to kind of look at things in very nuanced ways. Like nothing is really ever black or white. It's gray. Some things are true. Something it's just like the way that I think. And that's how I watch basketball. So I'm rarely ever going to fall into this camp. Like, Oh, they just didn't care. And Oh, it's just like, I, I, I just don't see things like that. So if you don't like that about me, then I suggest you don't follow me. Um, But if you do, then you're going to understand that's how I look at things. And like, try to approach a conversation with me like that. I'm not going to respond well to like that, you know, like the anger and the hysteria and like, that's just, Mm -hmm. I don't respond well to that. In fact, it makes me even probably more combative. (laughs) So it it just, it's not moving to me. It's not compelling. Um, But back, back to the players, because I want to. I want to talk about some of the players because I thought there were so many interesting things said yesterday, right? So um, Kerr made it a point to kind of note that like he kind of felt like near the end of the game, really the fourth quarter, but I guess like late in the third, like that was like Andrew Wiggins. Like they first started to see the signs of Wiggins and he wasn't even scoring a lot. It's not that, but like what they need him to do for the team. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so he said that, but Steph talked about like coming back and he didn't say this directly, but like you just had to kind of make the connection. And he's like, I have a lot of experience coming back from from injuries, you know, or being out from, for like a long absence. So he knows sort of what it takes and like the process you got to go through. But if people remember, this is the first time Andrew Wiggins has been out for this amount Mm -hmm. of time in his career. He hasn't missed this much time. And he talked about like there being sort of like almost a Um, it's a mental and physical thing, but there's a process where you got to shock the body, right? So he's like, there's nothing that can like replicate in-game situations and that level you got to get to. And you got to shock your body because like, you don't actually remember what it's like to get back to that intensity, what you got to do to get there, right? So there's something in you. And I thought that was interesting because it was basically like him saying like, that was my point. I don't think it was ever like Andrew's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to go out here and give my effort. I think it's like him trusting, you know, that his, Mm -hmm. like his body can do that and remembering like what he needs to do. And I know that that seems sort of crazy to people. Like, what do you mean? Like, why doesn't he just go out there and do what he has to do, but he has to like get back there. And so something happened during the game where he like, 
finally did. And I mean, Andrew Wiggins himself said he didn't think it was going to take him long. He thought it would take a couple of games, you know, now it's his second game. And so I just don't understand why we can't have that patience to let him do that, you know, and no one was particularly attacking Wiggins, but a lot of what Wiggins was doing on defense also helped them late when they were making it. He was diving on the floor, the way he was guarding players, right? But he had to get back to feeling okay to play like that. And mm-hmm. so I just thought it was interesting, like the way Steph, Steph broke it down. The other thing he said about himself, he's like, yeah, he actually felt better as the game went on. And he talked about that process of, you know, you're you're on a minutes restriction. And actually, Kurt said, like, there wasn't a strict minutes restriction before the game. And Steph ended up playing almost 32 minutes, right? That That's what I'm trying to show you. Like, they were trying to win this game. Right. <laughs> like, the, the, I, don't, I don't understand why people think that they didn't want to win this game. Because, like, Steph, Kerr, Kerr wasn't rigid about the minutes. Most of the guys played, like, over 30 minutes, the main guys. You know, um... But he said, like, when you get pulled earlier, like, basically when his rotation is different, right? Like, there's a part of you, you maybe hold back a little bit because, like, you don't know. And, and like, you're trying to figure out how things are going to look. So there's something going on for them. So, like, when we don't see them doing certain things in the beginning, they're also trying to figure out the flow of the game, what's going to happen because their rotation is going to look different tonight. You know, so there's a process they're working through things. And I don't, I don't think people are factoring that in. I think they're just like, oh, they like, they, they don't look intense out there. So they don't care. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. You know, so <laughs> he, he was talking through some of those things. And like, with respect to his shoulder specifically, he said he didn't care. Like, not he didn't care. It doesn't really matter how his shoulder's feeling. He doesn't think that that's relevant the the point of knowing that he can sort of come back is when he's not thinking about the shoulder while he's playing, where he's not worried that something's going to, because the shoulder's going to feel how it's going to feel. But when he doesn't, when it doesn't come into your mind that you're not thinking about it as you're playing on the court, then like you, like you kind of know that you're good. And mm-hmm. so he's like, he's not thinking about his shoulder while he's out there, but he said he did start to feel good as the game went on. And I think we saw that we saw him like get into a rhythm. He was hitting his shots, you know, um, he got a little worked up, you know, so we saw that as the game progressed. And I, I thought all of that was just like really fascinating to hear and interesting. Yeah. It goes back to the point um, we made last pod, like these dudes are not robots, right? They're actual human beings and they have mental hurdles and all these other things factoring into how they approach or come into a game or feel throughout a game. Um, and especially when you add on coming back from injury, when you add on, um, just the fatigue and the grind of a season at this point in the season, you're at the midpoint. So um, yeah, it's just something to consider. Like they're, that's why mailing in the season at this point, just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really make sense at, uh, at all from, from that standpoint, knowing that they're going to look better as they go on, as they continue to build the rebuild the chemistry as guys who have been out, continue to build their conditioning and their rhythm back. And as guys who've been playing a ton of minutes up to this point, kind of kind of taper their minutes down and get their legs back underneath them, um, potentially getting some rest here or there going forward. Um, that doesn't mean that they don't need to change anything, but it does mean that this isn't like the end of anything, right? And then you factor in the standings. Sure, they could be third right now. They could be fourth right now. And it's pretty frustrating that they aren't, but it's not like they're, 12th you know it's not like they're a thousand games behind whoever's in fourth or third right now and just have no way to get up to them Um, I think there's still a very clear path for them to climb up the standings get home court advantage at least in the first round of the playoffs and you know from there you just play who's in front of you and it's going to be very tough to beat those dudes four times so just gotta acknowledge that these these people are people and they have things that they got to deal with and get over with and you know, it's it's annoying to lose to the the Suns in this way, but it is what it is. You move on to the next game. To me, I think what was positive is how I mean, granted, the Suns were missing a lot of players, but to me, what was the positive is what you saw from the team late in the game. So you know that they have the ability to do it. 
it was like their best guys on the court for the most part. I mean, Andre, like I said, was in some of those lineups, but you know that Kerr still trusts them and will go to him. Um, he also was probably going to him because that was just probably like a better option than Loon, right, at that point. But they know what to do. They know how to do it. They, you know, because like, Steph was like, look, I'm not saying like we're going to be picking up guys full court all game, right? And and that's what I was trying to explain to people because they're like, there's a clear difference in how they're playing now. That's what people were saying to me. Yeah, but you cannot possibly expect them to play like this all game. <laughs> like that, that's not practical. Um, yes, you would like it to look different when they first come out, but they're not going to play like that all game. But, you know, he talked a lot about like what they need to do and the right things to do. And he's like, look, we've been saying it like it was the same messaging from everyone. Like Steve said, he thought um, this was actually going to be good for them, you know? Um, and he told the coaches that, and I do too, you know, and I like, this is what I'm trying to tell y'all and y'all not don't even be agreeing with Steve Kerr like that, but I, I do too. You know, I think it was, um, I, it's not that I, believe that they need to lose to win I just think it was it's sort of like I mean this is a regular season game but to me it's sort of like the Memphis series when they went down um two one and like or even the finals when like they they went down um two one but you kind of saw that they were making a comeback. And even though it didn't pull off like that, Steph sort of figured out something, they figured out something. And to me, the good thing was that you saw that they kind of started to figure out something like Andrew Wiggins started to look more like himself. Steph looked more in rhythm. And so he talked about bottling that up and taking it on the road, you know? And um, I asked them too about like, to, to, you know, cause they're all like, they, we need to win on the road and like, you know Jordan said it's time to start like getting some wins and they're like we've been saying this we got to do it and I asked Steph like if there's any concern over the ability to go in on the road and like I know they don't have concern but like like Steph and Dre and those guys so I basically said do you think any of the young guys because I know the vets don't right and I said so do you think anywhere because you guys really haven't won a lot and there's so much talk about the road losses do you think anyone anywhere is feeling like you guys actually don't have the ability to win on the road and you know he's just like nah I mean if you're already thinking like that that's a problem and he's like we're gonna go back and watch tape and he he broke down all the things that they got to do to be better and he was aware of it even like you know during the game so I know it's sort of like well if you know those things why didn't you do it but I just think there was a lot happening in that game last night that's all I'm saying like I'm not saying that it's okay what I'm saying is if they're still doing this three, four games later, like that's when you react and get upset. Not in Steph's first game back, Andrew Wiggins' second game back, Andre Iguodala's is it second game back, whatever it is, maybe it's third, but like not when there's three rotation pieces that you're trying to work back into the lineup, not after we know other guys have sort of been tired and exhausted and like the, the the rotations are wonky. Like to me, this is just not the game to have this reaction to. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, yeah, played a little bit of devil's advocate. That team, you you don't lose to that team. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's I mean, all people I'm are gonna keep saying that, but like, I I just don't know what that means, and I don't subscribe to that. Like, I just feel like on any given night, an NBA team can beat you. Like. Yeah, I just feel like all the times that. people tell me like that you just don't happen. They lost to Memphis by like 40 in the playoffs, whatever it was. Oh, you don't lose like that. Okay, but they did. And they still went on to lose the finals. Like, I mean, like how many times are you going to tell me there's just something you're not supposed to do? Well, this team does it. Like, it just is what it yeah. is. Yeah. So, I mean, we can keep saying that. And then what? What does that mean? They don't do it and you're mad for a night? Like, I'm sorry, I don't need that kind of stress in my life. I got other things going on. So you get that mad and what does it fucking do for you? And then later now when you're cheering, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have petty people like me. You're going to be like, oh, the team can win again. They're great again. Because like, <laughs> y- like y'all get really fucking emo for like, like, to me, like I said, to me, this is just not the game. Like you can lose on any given night. And we've seen them have bad losses. This is not like their worst loss in the history of the Warriors. We've seen them lose the games like to teams like this before. We've seen it. So, you know, 
Damian Lee masterclass. He was coming back to get his ring. The Suns have lost <laughs> eight in a row. Like, it, or at six or eight. I don't remember. I looked. But I was like, damn. You know, like, it just, I don't know. This is not the game that's going to do it for me. There are games that do it for me. This is not one of those games. Um, and, 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 and maybe, honestly, I'm going to be real. Like, maybe if I wasn't here, I wouldn't feel like that. And I say that because I watch them in practice. Right. Like I, I like they've just said too much where I know they care. I, I don't believe tonight was I don't believe last night was a night where they walked in with a I don't care attitude. That's what I'm saying, even though. And, and so because I believe that, then I have to try to understand what else might have been happening, why they look the way they looked. And that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, there can be other reasons for something besides they just don't care. And, you know, and that's really more my point. So it's not that I thought that they were playing great and they were doing what they needed to do. There's a part of me that's giving them the grace to figure things out as they come back. But it's like, okay, well, why, why is this happening? You know, because they've all expressed that, like, they want to win this game. They lost two in a row. They don't like losing at home. I mean, they don't like losing ever, but they take pride in the whole, like, you know, how they win at Chase. So all those things matter to them. So that's what I'm saying. It's just like, I'm just not like compelled and going to get like all uptight. There it is. And even, even Jordan, you know, because the fan base is so thirsty and they're on this Jordan doesn't want to play when he comes off the bench, but when he starts. So I asked him that question, you know, I said, is there a different approach to like your like do you have a different approach when you're starting versus coming off the bench that's essentially what i asked him mm-hmm. and it was one of the most detailed answers he actually gave last night there were like several questions jordan was asking he's like i don't know i don't know i don't even remember what some of the questions were but those were literally his answers but like <laughs> he answered maybe he was asked maybe five or six questions and maybe there's only like a few of them that he gave answers to but my question was one of the ones he gave the longest answers to. It was like a very detailed, thoughtful answer. And he just, he talked about when you're starting that you kind of figure out some things with the game a little earlier than when you come off the bench. And, you know, but he's like, it's not really a difference in my approach. It's just, you figure out things about the game sooner than you do when when you don't. And so whatever i'm not saying that that excuse him not like you know let like he definitely lets how his shot is affect you know other aspects of his game um i think for someone like clay when clay was doing that the reason it's more disappointing to me when clay does it is because we know clay is like a top defender we've seen him do that um and we've seen like for whole series when clay's shot isn't falling and you know like i mean we've we've seen clay not have great finals performances but he still impacted the game in other ways right so i'm not giving jordan a pass for that but i don't know that jordan has fully yet figured out the ways to like you know impact the game when his shot isn't falling and like he's not yet known to be a great defender and i don't know that like we just want to get Jordan to be a neutral defender. I don't ever, I don't know mm-hmm. that he's ever going to be like this, you know? And so he may have less to offer, I guess, <laughs> when his shot isn't falling than someone like Clay. And so I understand why it gets to him a little bit, um, I guess, in a different way. And also um, some of it too, I think, is he doesn't trust his shot right now because it's not falling. Because some of like the, the defensive lapses are not great. But I also saw him, not to the extent of like a moody, but I saw at points him playing a little timid out there, like mm-hmm. not trusting himself. And he has to get past that. But so I, I think that's why he's he's a younger player. He's a developing player. We need him. He's important. He's helped the team win before. But I think I give him a little bit more like he's still learning. So he has to figure that out. Definitely. Definitely. Um it's just more so like like you said, navigating that, like trying to figure out how can I impact the game if my shot's not falling. It's just, you know, control what you can control. If you sometimes, you know, 
your shots just not going to go in, but you can always control how aggressive you go to the basket. You can always control how, um, how much you are willing to like let the offensive players do, right? Are you just going to let them do one move and you're out of the play or are you going to actually try to make them change direction and stuff like that? So he can get a little better at the little things like that overall, but definitely still very early in his career and his developmental process. Like five years from now, he still won't, he still won't be 30 years old. You know, he could be improving every, every game for the next five years straight and it wouldn't surprise anybody. So, um, I think people definitely go a little bit too far with the Jordan Poole like reactions to his game, right? I thought his effort for the first three and a half quarters of last night's game was terrible, and I did say that. But to say like some of the things that people say is just a little bit too far. Um, so right, but and the thing is, if you're gonna talk about his effort, it's like talk about everyone else's effort, right? And so, right. and and some people were doing that. But at the same time where you're willing to give a pass to maybe Andrew and Steph because they just came back, on the on the flip side of that, Jordan has been playing a lot of minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So Kerr made it a point to point out that like when they practiced the other day, guys like Jordan did not scrimmage. The heavy minutes guys, Jordan, Dre, Loon, Dante, right? There's a reason the coach is not making those guys scrimmage. They're tired. It's been a lot on their bodies. So understand that there's still like an expense that Jordan was playing, you know, paying from all of that. So he can also still be a little fatigued and right. And then you still need him in this game to come in and do something because your other two guys are still working their way back, you know? So at the same time, again, when you're killing him, Jordan helps. He was part of what helped get them back in the game, right? And so it's just taking all those things into account. So, yeah, there's going to be limits to how much I'm going to go in on him. Yeah. All right. Let's break there. And then we'll come back and wrap it up. You're tuned in to Golden Spaces with Justin and Nat. We'll be right back. For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. We're back. We're back. The vibes are here. They're here for me. Let me me do a vibe check with Justin. It's hard to tell (laughs) with Justin because Justin... Like, even when he has vibes, he doesn't always sound like he has vibes. So let's, you know what? We should implement, we should implement a number system because I do this with mood. I do this with my therapist and I do this with my friends, right? Like it's a scale of one through 10. So if I'm like a 10, that means I'm like, just great. My mood is amazing. Um, And, you know, anywhere from like eight to 10 is very good. And then like a seven is pretty good. And then, like, when you're, like, a six, it's kind of, like, you're waning. And five, you start to get concerned and anything below a five. And everyone's scale can look different. Because even though I'm telling you that those are my numbers, those numbers can still represent different things to different people. So that's, like, my mood scale. But using that mood scale as a five scale, let's go off of that. So on a scale of one to ten, what are your vibes, Justin? Seven-ish, six and a half. I was a seven, I'm a seven two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One as in blow it up and We're 10 the as in place. they're going to sweep the playoffs. I'm, I'm, a, I'm at like a six and a half. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to sweep the playoffs, but I think, I think as long as the Warriors get decent seating, which we'll talk about. And I think they are, I really still think they're going to finish in that top four. Um, And I think if they're healthy, right? And those are two, you know, the health is the biggest thing. And that's what you hope, right? And a lot of teams are experiencing injuries last night. Like, not last night. Like, a lot of teams are experiencing injuries right now across the league, right? And in a way, you're almost like, I'm happy the Warriors sort of got, hopefully got theirs out of the way. Mm -hmm. And and now they can, you know, kind of start to put things together because they need it because they didn't do what they needed to do the first half of the season. They need it. They need to do that. Right. So we need them to be good. But I think, I think if they're healthy going into the playoffs, like 
I mean, I think Stephen A was ranting on TV. I don't really like to agree with Stephen A, but like no one wants to see the Warriors healthy to like start the playoffs. That's not what people want. So while we're as a fan base having a meltdown, other teams still fear the Warriors. Even when the Warriors don't have all of their players, people show up to play them like they are the Warriors. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So. Um. So yeah, so you're a six and a half, seven. Let's just say we're both sevens. So Justin and I are both sevens. He's a six. Yeah, and we're a both half. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're both sevens. Okay. So yeah, look, see? So a seven is pretty good. A seven is pretty good, right? So the vibes are not immaculate. Immaculate vibes would be like a 10. They're right. not immaculate, but they're still, they're pretty good. Pretty good because we, well, for me, pretty good because I saw some positive things at the end of the last game. Why are they pretty good for you? Because at the end of the day, you know, like, it's not like one of those other teams where on paper you're a contender, but you just never seen it happen. And then you go through a rough patch and you're like, well, on paper, we we know we got it. With the Warriors, is like, we've literally seen this team win championship after championship after championship. You know, the style of play is going to consistently work. You know your stars are there. He's still Steph is still Steph. Draymond when it needs to be is still Draymond. Clay, it's it may not be as frequent as it used to be, but Clay when it's winning time is he's still Clay. And they literally got it done last year with these main six guys, right? So at the end of the day, you know, hey, they may need a little bit more front court help. They may need um Kaminga to make um, a, a little bit more of an offensive leap so he can stay on the court longer to use his defensive um, prowess to help the team out a little bit more. You know what needs to happen for them to get to the point where you feel comfortable with them going to playoffs against anybody. Um, and we always feel we feel comfortable now, but the, the foundation has already been set. You've seen them accomplish it. You just know that the puzzle might not be completely filled right now, but you know the path that it takes to get the puzzle filled. And once it's filled then it's like okay we we good now like let's let's let it rock let's you know lace them up um so that's why i'm always in a good place with this team until they prove me otherwise if they go through a rough patch in the season which they went through last season for the second half of the season they were a 500 level team um injuries and all that stuff was a cause just like most of the season most of the season so far um second half of the season perfect opportunity for them to you know, go on a run and finish where they need to finish and head into the playoffs healthy with, with you know, good vibes. So that's why I'm not, like, at a one right now. Yeah. The fact that, like, 50 games is even still in play is, like, remarkable to me. And to right? me it is. Um, I tell you what doesn't need to happen. You said we know what needs to happen, but what doesn't need to happen is Anthony Lamb continuing to play. He was atrocious last night. Um <laughs> And, uh, no, but like, okay, yes, I don't like Anthony Lamb, but like all jokes aside, I felt like, and even a little bit with Ty Jerome, but I felt more with Anthony Lamb, you started to see how like once the other guys came back, we're like, he's less effective, right? And and that's why I think people have to like take into account what's happening. Like, oh, he looks so great and he's this and we want to add him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit like, um, and maybe not as much, but a little bit like how we were led to believe Eric Pascal, right, was, you know, something he mm-hmm. wasn't. Because, like, when the team isn't great and guys get to have the ball a lot and get to do things, it can look different than once they're out there with everybody else. And he did not look good. I mean, he already was not that great on defense and people were overlooking it, but... Um, it was not great from him last night. Um, and I think it just shows that they really do need like real, you know, help. So mm-hmm. I don't know what others takeaways are. People are going to think I'm just like hating on lamb. Oh, well, um, like I just, I thought that that was pretty like obvious last night. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that they should still be looking to fill that final roster spot with, a proven NBA veteran, not uh, one of our two-way guys. You know, they are right. they are two ways for a reason. It's not to say that they don't have anything to offer, but they are two ways for a reason. And I don't think that's what needs to be added 
to a, a championship team, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Anthony Lamb, for, for everything that he's contributed this season, he still is a fringe NBA player. Like, at the end of the day, if he was 6'9", with the same skill set, then he'd probably be an NBA player, but he is not, right? He's not That's super okay. quick. He's about 6'5". Like, he's maybe a little shorter than Draymond. He's stocky, so he can kind of bang a little bit, but he's not guarding any bigs. He's not stopping any bigs. Um, his team defense is questionable. He loses guys all the time, and he doesn't make up for it with any type of athletic advantage that he can impose on any other team. His biggest advantage is his ability to shoot the ball, and he pretty much is a good wide-open spot-up shooter. Other than that, I mean, he moves the ball sometimes. A lot of times he just puts his head down and tries to barrel to the rim as if he Did can. Did you see that last night? <laughs> he had this one player, he tried to break someone down. I was like, what? Hey, this man lost his mind, and he just got stopped in the paint. I was like, what the hell? You're not that guy. You got too much dip on your chip, bro. What? He did it a few times last game. He did it a few times last game, and he was just like, this is me. And it's like, bro, it's not you. It's not you, bro, and at all. Um, Not at this level. So, yeah, no, no, like, no offense to him. He's a two-way player. He's provided good value for two-way, but he should not be, you know, his 55 games, cool. Thank you for your 55 games. Like, that's how it should be viewed. Like, Quindary last year, thank you, Quindary, for your 55 games or however many you played. He should have played more than Chioza, but that's kind of, like, where, where Lamb is. Like, good two-way guys are rare, and it's great when you got them, but that's all that they really are. Like, at the most, maybe he gets signed and he'll just be a vet men guy. Like, kind of like what JTA was. Like, JTA provided a ton of value for a two-way guy. He ended up getting signed. He provided some value as a signed player. But when push came to shove, there's a reason why he was on a two-way, right? He just couldn't contribute at a playoff level. He couldn't contribute at a contending level as a real rotational he's player. He's struggling now. I mean, he's been out and stuff, but yeah. he went to the I mean, Lakers. He's struggling. He's just, yeah. Yeah, he has his limitations, and that's why he was he is where he is. If he could do more things, then he would be signed to a bigger contract. And that's just it, is, it just is what it is. Um, So not everybody's GP2. Go from two-way to, like, legitimately a $10 million guy a year, something like that. Not, every, not everybody's like that. That's extremely rare, and that just doesn't happen all the time. So... Um, yeah, they need to find, they need to outsource something. They need to, I mean, there's been names that we, we all know the names that's been thrown out. I'll be happy with pretty much any of them because they, they need some help. Draymond and Looney specifically need some front court help, um, just to save their legs. So they don't got to play. I don't think it was an accident that Kerr made that statement so clear. Oh, in the for sure. It wasn't. I think Kerr is very calculated in everything that he says in the media. Um, so yeah, message the message was sent, and I'm pretty sure the message was caught to where it, who it was supposed to get to. Whether or not they do anything about it, or if they like what they see out there in the market, to be determined. So, yeah, um, yeah. So the Warriors, oh no, have dropped from six to eight. <laughs> <laughs> they have 21 losses, along with the Suns along with, and I expect the Suns to go lose some more games. Like, I don't think they're going to start a win streak now because they won, you know, they, they beat the Warriors. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, it's it's like us, the Clippers and the Suns right now, kind of back and forth between six, six through eight. Um, so, but I expect the Warriors, I do expect them like for their run to, to, to sort of start on this road trip. Um, they're, they're gonna, it's this, this first, you know, it's interesting because some of the games, some of the teams they're playing on this trip, I'm, I'm curious to see how Kerr is going to approach it because they are, again, winnable games. I mean, it's not the best teams like for the beginning of this road trip. So they have San Antonio um, and then they have Chicago and then they have Washington, but that's a back to back. Um you know, before they see Boston and Cleveland, like sort of better teams. So I don't know if they're going to push it because they have two nights off before they go to, to Boston 
and Cleveland, which is also a back-to-back. So I'm wondering, like, if he, if Kerr is going to stick with his usual, I'm just going to, like, go all in on the first night and um, not. But I think they also are at a point where they know they got to win. So I don't know if he's going to try to be strategic, like, the way he was at the end of the season where, like, Clay didn't play one night, but he still had, like, guys who were mm-hmm. capable of possibly winning. We know they're going all in on the Boston game. We know that. That's a TV game. I just don't know what they're going to do for Cleveland, which is the second night of the back-to-back. But Cleveland's a a solid team. And so Donovan Mitchell has been having some really big games lately. Um, they beat Cleveland already, so you know Cleveland's going to want to beat them. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the second night of the back-to-back. So I just wonder if it's going to be like, we're just going to go all in on Boston. And so whatever happens in Cleveland happens. That will also be the end of the road trip. So, I mean, some of that might be dictated by record. Like if they somehow have won the first three or four, then they might be okay losing one and not like going at it. So I think there's going to be different factors that play into their decision of how they approach that. But the San Antonio game is actually going to be, um, and is it the Aladome? It's going to be in a dome. So there were like, Alamo Dome, I think. Alamo Dome. There you go. And so there were some questions around that. There's like a whole, they're trying to like beat the record for like attendance there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're quite yet there, but um, and they may or may not. Who knows? So, but it's, it's, this is kind of being covered as a big game, even though it's like the Spurs. Um, also, Steph has not played in San Antonio like the last couple of years. So, um, I don't know. I just always expect the Spurs to show up for some reason. I actually don't think it's good. You know, I would love it if they just go in there and it's just like, all right, we're here. We're going to like wipe the floor with you. I think it will probably be a competitive game, but it's a game they can win. It's a game they can win and they should start to try to get like the, they've lost three in a row. You know, they're starting this road trip. They haven't won on the road. So they should try to win. I mean, they should try to win all the games, but I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be tough because they only have one night off and then they go to Chicago and then Washington's a back-to-back. So I just find it hard to believe there won't be rest in there for some guys, but I'm just wondering if the only rest is, is clay. I'm just wondering, or if he is going to rest like a Andrew and a, a Steph who are still back off of injury. Yeah. I wonder too. I mean, I think, I think he probably plays them at least one of those back-to-backs. Hopefully it's the, the Wizards one. Um, but Yes, we have selfish reasons for wanting it to be the Wizards <laughs> game. <laughs> I'm um, hoping with it being MLK and them having to go to the White House, you know, maybe somehow that will be a motivation to put on a good product in D.C. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, if they're riding a, a win streak, if they win their next two games, and they go into there like with the opportunity to win three in a row before they go see Boston, then potentially they're like, yeah, let's just keep it going. And um, it's just, it's weird because the players that we think may get rested, like Steph Wiggins or Clay or something like that, it's like they probably don't need to rest the back to back, but the but Dre and Looney definitely need to be rested at some point. But there's or no advantage. Yeah, or managed somehow. But like when is. When are people coming back? We don't know. Um, so. Well, maybe this is a game that you can get some, you know, defensively, Andre looks good out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's a game where you can get some more from 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 Andre. And Kaminga, I think we're due for a Kaminga update actually tomorrow, maybe. Oh, yeah. So uh, hopefully they get Kaminga back on this road trip. Yeah, that would be huge um, because... Yeah, they got to cut those minutes a little bit for Dre and Loon just to preserve the legs a little bit, maybe have them sit a game or two. We also need our top eight guys to, to like, get comfortable playing with each other. But, yep, another, the main, so yep. like, and, and so that's really why I want him back because we haven't had them healthy and together, you know? Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's just look at the schedule. Where is it possible – for him to find rest potentially for Loon, we know is going to play every game because he wants to, but like, we know we've seen nights where he doesn't um, play a lot of minutes. Right. 
Yeah, he'll check in and just be out of the game in like the first five minutes or so. Right. Dre, that's a little bit harder. So like when you look at the schedule, I mean, they do have some times where there's like two nights off and things like that. But like, it's hard to see it during this road trip. Um, But maybe that, maybe that Toronto game that's near the end of January. I don't know. Because they're at home. Mm Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't seem like Kerr really likes to rest guys at home. Nah, he definitely he definitely does it. He definitely takes the opportunity to do it on the road because that's when you know they run into the most like fatigue. But it could be that OKC game, the very last game in January on the thirtieth. That might potentially be a game to get some guys rest. Yeah. Okay, because that see. game is on a Monday, then they only have one night off, and then they have a back-to-back with Minnesota and Denver. Right, that makes sense there. Either the OKC game or potentially or Minnesota, that or yeah. maybe they play OKC and rest. I feel like they're going to want to take the Denver game a little bit more seriously. I would hope, but you never know. <laughs> I, I it doesn't look like that's a TV game, so I'm not sure. Um. Yeah, like I said, they have a couple of times in there where there's two nights off. But, I mean, Dallas, they're playing OKC. There's an away game in Portland, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see many avenues for rest before the All-Star game. So, I think it's more of a manage minutes kind of situation. Which is probably the best course of action at this point because they don't have the the requisite depth needed to be able to handle like a lot of rest for their main guys. So just hope everybody All gets right. healthy. Maybe yeah, they look at it one day. You definitely so. want everyone to get healthy. I mean, at this point, what, what date are we at? Today is the 11th. So one, two. There's like about Four and a half weeks. It's about, yeah, it's about just over a month before All-Star break. Mm -hmm. So it's like, can they give it like a real push over this next month? Like we said, before the injuries, they had a month basically where they went 10 and four. So if they can find a way to do that, then they would get like the All-Star break, which would be much needed rest for them to then come back and make, you know, one last final push after All-Star break. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see if Steph is going to insert himself in the MVP race. Let's see if Andrew's going to show people why we think he should be on a defensive team. Um, Thing is, they need Andrew, though, offensively as well, too. They need Andrew to do a lot. Yeah, they really need him to... um like the cutting and stuff like that just just generate easy easy baskets right just cut cut and dunk cut and lay it up post up stuff like that the the 40 plus percent from three is great and i think he once he gets his rhythm back he'll he'll be close to that again um but they really need to generate just easy two-pointers um i think he's he's one of the people for that yeah and kaminga right i mean all of them can do it really whether it's we know yeah, on their own off the dribble, Steph and JP can do it, or if it's via cutting, Clay. I feel like Steph now will like go to it a little bit more quickly than like the rest of them. But you said you feel like JP's starting to see that. Um, mm. Clay, I think, still sort of takes a little time. Yeah, Clay, he's going to, you know, high three pointers, high three pointers, but. When he's cutting off the ball, I think he's he's still a threat to to make layups and finish. Oh, agreed. I love Clay cutting. He's honestly such a great cutter too. Right, and he's he's big, like so. You can just throw it to his hands, and he just lay it right in. Um, yeah, they got to run easier actions to get that type of stuff going, though. They can't just keep going split action, split action, split action every time because it, it's easy to scout. You know, it's not easy to defend necessarily, but it's easy to scout, and you can kind of figure out where the ball might go. So if they just mix it up a little bit, 
Um, I know everybody hates when we just consistently ask for high pick and roll, but mix some of that in there and it'll just generate easy looks for guys. So, well, they got to win games. So that's, that's the goal right now. So you, you win the games, however you need to start that process. And then, you know, winning cures everything. So um, let's see road trips about to start. We'll be back. Um, for that San Antonio game, back to our normal recording after games. So thank you for your patience. But with me at the games, we really couldn't record until the next morning after, um, just due to the time zone differences. So yeah. Anyways, it's been a fun trip. I will be heading back home. Hopefully there's some airport issues today, but uh, we hope by now people have started to settle down and 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 join us join us in our seven with the vibes okay it's much it's much better for your mental health when you do uh <laughs> until next time guys you're tuned into golden spaces and odyssey original podcast give us a follow share it with a friend um leave a review rate us with five stars and follow follow us on twitter and instagram at golden spaces pod take care <laughs>